welcome back into the Potty Pod Cinema Podcast. Uh, it is July 12th, the Monday after a Marvel release. So that's pretty much all we are talking about for the What You're Watching is Black Widow. Uh, did you get to go see it? I sure did. Yeah. It was fantastic. Took the kid with you, didn't you? Uh, I did. I did. That's and, good. Uh, I'm interested in what the kiddos think. Yeah, you know, they did a good job of having an extremely dark intro, but not actually spelling out what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't have to have that explanation ready. <laughs> um, because, as you, you know, Black Widow starts out, you know, it shows them as kids, uh, she, she and Yelena. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's, it's a scene straight out of the Americans. It, those, they are the Americans. Uh, yeah, the movie, so. that's what it felt so, like to yeah. me. They pulled it straight from there. Yeah, so so that was a real group of uh, of Russians was called the illegals. That's their term, mm -hmm. and uh, and there was like twenty couples that were sent to America to have kids and live as Russian spies uh, in America back in the eighties. And um, we found out about it afterwards. They were very successful, <laughs> and uh, uh, so that's when and that's what the Americans is about. Well, yeah. it turns out their the backstory. That's what Black Widow was was because uh, what was so effective about those the illegals is they had kids. And the kids never even knew their parents were Russian. So the, the couple, the mom and dad, were in on the fact that they were Russian spies, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they were partnered together, and then they raised a family as if they were a real family. The kids never knew. So it was extremely believable <laughs> that they were American because the kids were American. Yeah. And so when they found out and they had to run back to Russia, the kids got yanked back into a horrible country that they've been taught to not like their whole life. And, and live a quality of life that's way below anything they've ever seen. So it was heartbreaking for us, for those kids. Well, we got to see that on an even worse level. Uh, so we find out when they're yanked away from their family, not only were they sent back to Russia, but they were sent back to the Red Room, where they were, uh, and, and they're sent in containers with other child slaves. Uh, all the girls were, were shipped in this container over there, and some were picked to be uh, Red Room people, and, and if they weren't good enough, they were killed. Mm. Uh, so it was horrifying. And they had it all to the slow intro of a Nirvana song, which is uh, uh, not original, but I'm thrilled with it. No, well, really I was thinking when they did that because that's become like a that's become kind of a, a trope that you see in a lot is they play '90s yeah. classics, but really slowly and sadly. Uh, they do that a lot for, more for trailers. This one it actually made sense because this had this takes place like the when they're training in the early '90s, and so uh -huh. and it's. I felt it was more fitting to this. I'm kind of over it, but it was fitting for this. I felt. Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it really did. And and uh, and so yeah. So, but like I said, they they did it in a way that I didn't have to talk about uh, child trafficking to yeah. my child, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I was really worried was about to happen. Uh, well, they did that for the kids and for the people that have seen that know who Black Widow is. They they get you through that with the like kind of bondish uh, opening without having to give you her backstory because you don't need it you just kind of need a glimpse of what happened and if you've never seen the marvel movies i imagine you can glean from that what ends up becoming the the widows yeah because they talk about the redner ledger and other movies and mm -hmm. they talk about i think in infinity war they talk she talked to mark ruffalo's character a hulk uh, about the fact that they basically ripped out their ovaries yeah and, uh, and everything so they couldn't have kids which was heartbreaking and then they, they did they mentioned that again almost in a comedic way which is awful uh on the plane to their dad uh and so yeah that was uh yeah it was pretty pretty terrifying what they did to those girls so uh it was it was really good i thought, I thought the whole movie was really good yeah. it was Honestly, better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I did um, too. I didn't think it would be that good. The action was good. 
the the cast is fantastic because you knew Scarlett Johansson she's got this part down pat David Harbour is always delightful Rachel Wise super underrated Way Winstone is always great and then Florence Pugh who you and I are fans of not a lot of people knew who she was she came in I felt like she stole a ton of scenes yeah I, yeah I, I think you're right uh, yeah she she definitely did and she's I would say she's a household name at this point. But, uh, she, she's done a lot of movies you haven't seen because they're more adult and more <laughs> geared towards women and couples yeah. and things like 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 Little Women and all those kinds of movies. Uh, Midsummer was a pretty big one, and then uh, well, yeah, Midsummer uh, was fantastic. But a lot of people I'll, I talked to didn't know that, and there's a lot of people that didn't see Little Women, even people that like it, like like Little Women, like my sister, and my mom. They, I don't think I think my sister might have seen it, but I don't think Florence Pugh is a household name at all. I think she will be after this, but I don't think she was before this. Uh, could be right. It could be right. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I haven't had any. I think the thing is she's also been a bit of a public figure as well lately. Uh, she was also in, you know, fighting with my family and outlaw king and things like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, she's married to, or dating Zach Braff. I don't know, but they're all over the news on the, well, on the, the a, ladies' columns these days. That's a age difference. <laughs> What's that? That's an age difference. Yeah, that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. She's like 20s, I think. I feel like, yeah, she's got to be early 20s uh, or mid-20s. She's mid-20s. Okay. He's probably mid-40s. Yeah, I uh, forgot she was in Fighting With My Family. That was, a, that was a fun movie. Oh, yeah, she was the main character. That was yeah, a great movie. Yeah, I forgot that was her. So, uh, the young Natasha, did she look familiar to you, the actress with the blue hair? She didn't. She did. Should she have? Um, well, she for some reason she looked a little familiar, and I couldn't figure out why. It's Mia Jovovich's daughter, and if you go and if you go back and look, she's a spinning oh, image yeah. of her. No, it's already cooking. Yeah, yeah that that sounds right. Yeah. yeah I, okay. Yeah. I totally was, yeah. So that was kind of neat. And then I was surprised when I saw the credits. I saw Olga <laughs> Olga Kirilenko come up. I was like, oh, we haven't seen her in a while. And you and I both like her, and she ends up being uh, Taskmaster. Which was kind of cool. It's very I, unexpected. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, and um, I thought that was pretty interesting. It brought back William Hurt as um, Thunderbolt Ross again, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I started reading for, for the last time, by the way. Oh, is it? See that? No. So he got in trouble for being a little touchy feely with somebody. Oh god. Uh, and so yeah, they even thought about retconning it out. They, I think, I read. That they okay. I can't remember if this part was a rumor, or if they've said it. But somebody had posted that Richard Dreyfus was possibly going to take over for William Hurt. That's um, a, oh that, boy, that, that is a just, weird move. Richard yeah, Dreyfus does might, not seem like a military man. He does not at all. So yeah, I, I, I mean that may be just a weird rumor that I saw. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But I remember th- what stuck out to me was wait why, <laughs> and then I found out about it. William Hurt was like. Oh, Oh, so, yeah, he's got some some sexual assault allegations pending, so uh, Marvel may move on. Um, well, that's kind of that's kind of interesting because I was reading like afterwards. I always like to go to IMDb, read the trivia, and I like to go to Reddit, kind of see what other people think. Um, and one thing that I didn't catch on to, uh, but someone brought up, was that like the widows and Ray Winstone's character Drakeoff. Like, it was supposed to be a reference to, like, the Weinstein with the girl... Like, Hollywood with the girls in general, but, like, Dracoff more of a Weinstein kind of character and how the girls were kind of powerless 
to these producers and directors and up for so long and then they kind of got their comeuppance and so that's kind of fitting that you know William Hurt who was in this gets taken out of that because because of just such things absolutely absolutely um yeah it's uh yeah it was startling but thunder the, whoever takes his place i don't think it'll be Dreyfus. i think that was i bet I'm betting that was a rumor um i think whoever takes over for him will be slightly younger because there's a chance that he could be an important character for a while with the yeah. whole thunderbolts thing building up and and if it we'll talk about this later but the post credits really got into that potentially even further yeah um so yeah the, the movie you know when i saw olga kurlingo so so I'd seen all the main cast. I hadn't seen her before until the movie started. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I re- O.T. Fagbenle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is the guy's name. Uh, he's the guy who played like the, the gun runner or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that helped her with everything. So he's the one. Of the, he's the main guy from Handmaid's Tale. That's right. Uh, outside of Ray, uh, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 Elizabeth Moss's husband that's trying to break into the world and win her back um so he's like an up-and-coming actor and <clears throat> i just thought it was the world's best worst kept secret i mean that uh that he was taskmaster <laughs> because they gave him like a you know joe or whatever his name was yeah. you know as, as his name on the cast and i'm like Ugh, and nobody's ta- you know credited as taskmaster so i'm like well come on he's the only other big actor in the entire series or in the entire movie and his name is joe like clearly that's the ta- gonna be the field of best taskmaster and for some reason when i saw oka kurlinko's name at the very beginning that didn't click um because i guess i was just so convinced already that that was the dude yeah i was just like oh oka kurlinko that's a big name and i and i think i remember even thinking she's too big a name to have just to be just a small cameo that she's the taskmaster because why get an actress that famous? You could have had literally anybody. They didn't even have a line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Taskmaster literally never even had a line of dialogue. There's no reason they couldn't have gotten the makeup artist to come over there and, and put the mask on. Because <laughs> you just had to play a grown-up version of a daughter that you never even saw her face close. Yeah, so, but there might be. You know, there, but there might be more because it didn't. Didn't like her head survive. God, I'm trying to remember now. Didn't Taskmaster survive? Yeah, because they pulled her up yeah, and took her with the widows. Does. So I think she that, could be something else. And I, I, that's where I was going with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That 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 now we've 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 seen another step forward of because I don't know if you remember, but originally Black Widow was supposed to come out right before Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And they and they and they kept trying to push it back and follow each other until they finally had to start the Disney Plus series. They're yeah. like, we can't wait anymore. Um, so they started them, and, and Black Widow isn't coming out later. I think Valentina, that's just all I'm going to say because she has the longest name in the world, uh, but played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, I think I think the first time we were supposed to see her was this. What was uh, uh, I think they're going to do like the reverse oh, yeah. Avengers, yeah. where she shows up at the end of everything, recruiting that team of Avengers, but it's going to be the Thunderbolts. Yeah. And so we've got U.S. agent who's semi-good but dark right like yeah he's t- convincing him he's gonna work for the government again yeah so he's not totally dark but he's 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 dark yeah <laughs> and then we got yelena who again is uh is angry and now she's pointing yelena as a weapon towards hawkeye which yeah. is interesting because she said but, do you want to go after the guy that killed your sister which is well, obviously he's responsible true. for her death. responsible for her death which is 
Uh, gray, but not kind true. Of true? Uh, yeah, he tried to <laughs> stop it's... her. He tried to stop her from dying. No, at the end, Natasha was the result of her death because they went there. He tried to sacrifice himself, and they fought over who was going to do it, and Natasha beat him at it. Right, but I mean, it's just interesting because if they didn't love each other, they couldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I meant by that was because you had to sacrifice something you love most, mm-hmm. or, or, or something you love is what it said. And so then they loved each other. They were not maybe not romantically, but as best friends and yeah. all they've been through and and everything. So yeah, that was just, that was just really interesting to me. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good way. To he he the was word. family. He was kind of after this. He was, he was the only was family that she had because you saw when like no one knew that. Uh, Clint Barton had a, a wife and kids, except for her, and one was even named after her. So yeah, that was his. Fa- that was her and family. It, and imagine if we don't know yet, but imagine if her family had been blinked during the the, the end game, during Infinity War end game. Oh. Uh, are you if talking about been, her Russian family? Yeah, her yeah, Russian okay. family. Yeah, because they're still alive. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but so you could say, like you said, this is her only family. Well, she has a family, mm-hmm. but what if they were snapped? So if they'd been snapped. Then literally, he was it. And then, and then, what I thought was interesting about that scene at the end was he's in his Ronin gear. So that leads me to wonder where, what timeline Hawkeye is going to take place in. Yeah, because we assumed it's present day, but maybe it's taking place during that time as well, well as it leads towards him becoming Ronin, or maybe right after she talks him out of being Ronin. I don't know. Well, and Florence Pugh is cast in like I think every episode right. of Hawkeye. Yes, so she's going to be the main. Uh, villain, I'm thinking. Which is a good uh, villain for that. I think that's a really because well, there's someone else. There's there's not just him, or not just her. There's someone else, I believe that's that seems like well, Kate Bishop. Be. It's going to be him and Kate Bishop, but yeah. it's also going to be the the bad guy from uh, that we love from Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, uh, not Breaking Bad. Uh, Tony, Tony Dalton. Yeah, Tony Dalton. Yeah, Tony Dalton, who's going to be part of that old circus that uh, the Hawkeye's from. So he's going to be going to him maybe to hide. I don't know. We'll get into that, but. Uh, but yeah, so so not just Elena, but it could be Elena and the Widows. It Who could, knows? could also could, well, they also cast Zon McLarnan in it. Um, if you know, he's been in Fargo. I think he was in that uh, Hell on Wheels. I never saw that show, but you know who he is. Um, oh he yeah, he plays he a was big in Longmire. Guy. Yeah, was, Into the West. Yeah. yeah, Longmire. That's what it was. Longmire. Um, he's always he's usually he's villain because he just has a villainous face. So he could also. Yeah. Uh, he's in it for eight episodes. He's actually a good guy in Longmire for once, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so yeah, he'll be in it. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of people, but uh, um, I'm I'm just really interested in because you know you got the Dora Milaje, right? Uh, how awesome would it be to see Yelena and the Widows take on the Dora Milaje for some reason? Talk about uh, oh, an epic that battle would be there. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why they right? would. Well, yeah, I guess if they if if Contessa convinces them that they're bad that would be interesting i would yeah i would definitely watch that well they when she when they came back for yelena at the end she says you came back for me they said we owe you everything and i'm like ooh, these are her widows now oh (laughs) yeah i like that she's got a team of widows yeah that's bad ass that is (laughs) and and potentially potentially taskmaster because we don't know what happened to her they could go to her saying hey you know you were one of us kind of uh, mind controlled, all that. Like, join us, travel, whatever. <laughs> I feel like they have other plans. Travel the world, for, kill all kinds of people. Yeah, I feel like they have uh, other plans for Taskmaster because it seems weird to throw Olga Kirilenko in there and then do, like you said, like she didn't have any lines, do almost nothing with her. 
Yeah, she'll be back for sure. And uh, and talk about a menacing character. Yeah. God, they had so Taskmaster. Let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. So Taskmaster, uh, they they initiate the Taskmaster protocol whenever one of the uh, widows goes rogue. Mm-hmm. They show at the beginning uh, who already had that serum or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I saw her in the opening fight on the bridge when she's going after Black. Uh, you know. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, she does the Spider-Man move at the beginning mm-hmm. when, when she gets like launched up to this roof, remember? Yeah. And she cuts it and swings over like Spider-Man lands, uh, lands in the Spider-Man stance and then, yeah. uh, and then starts fighting. Like, I don't know if anybody ever had a sword. Do we know of anybody that fought with a sword? I can't think of anybody. I mean, Taskmaster I always had a sword, a shield and a bow and arrow, but I right. can't think of any and, other characters that had one. Yeah, and so Hawkeye, we did see do the exact same shooting the arrow underneath the the vehicle at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw somebody post a picture of that, so that didn't come out of nowhere when Taskmaster yeah. blows their car up. Yeah, so that uh, and then uh, you know obviously Captain America's shield. You see a bunch of his moves. Yeah. You see him studying Hawkeye versus Black Panther, and then you see a little Black Panther fighting against david harbour's character yeah uh so they yeah. even do oh, the black oh widow God. move that they kind of joke about make yeah, reference make to of, the whole yeah. thing yeah <laughs> such a poser yeah <laughs> i love that and then she does it herself and goes oh like she grosses yeah, you, herself out you see the mom do it too at one point remember you see you see the uh, the mom do it too oh, at one funny. point and then yeah the last one to do it is yelena and then she just goes Oh, gross yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was so good um, I have to say the, I didn't think I wanted it, but the floating base that was the red room was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. To have that whole controlled fall, I didn't, I didn't know that I wanted it until, and even after I saw it, I was like, eh. yeah. And then I started thinking, well, hold on, if, if Shield has the ability to have a floating helicarrier, mm-hmm. uh, there's no reason somebody else couldn't in this day and time you know uh especially somebody who's that connected and, and has all the money that he has controlling assassinations throughout the but world it's not, like, but it's not government. that like i can get behind that that they have the same kind of because this guy is basically running the world it's the world I've, yeah. I've seen it and on a grander scale i kind of feel like yeah you have seen that grander scale uh if but it I, was I in space thought... maybe i don't know but even but then that would make sense like they need to stay on earth because they you don't want to start yes, confusing yes, the terrestrial Avengers and the galactic yeah, that, that Marvel universe. <laughs> but yeah, that would have been dumb. I would have been very angry if they went to space. Yeah. Uh, but but the, it, I guess what I'm saying is it made sense to me that they're like, okay, yeah, that's something they've already established. They have the ability to do in this universe, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's not just a building on the side of a mountain, which they've done a hundred times, right? This is the first time we've seen like a. I'm not going to say Hydra, but like a, you know, a Hydra helicarrier, if, if, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. a bad guy helicarrier. Um, so I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. We did see in Loki a little uh, helicarrier with a Hydra symbol in the background. I don't know if you saw that uh, of one of the, uh, in the most recent episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought, oh, that's fun. Uh, you know, so anyway, yeah, overall, uh, Taskmaster was a really uh, impending doom like a really good job of of that as a as a threatening character and uh really seemed like no there was nobody that could take her on um i was fine with it being the guy's daughter uh i don't know what i expected there was nobody i really expected well, i just thought but the, and the whole okay. thing was about scarlet uh or i keep calling her closing yeah I clo- keep, keep on her closure. closure uh scarlet over here but i um it was all about black widow 
trying to get rid that's the, the thing that haunted her the most so it was all about right, resolution right. for that so it, the girl kind of had to come back a little bit to kind of apologize to her <laughs> yep. so i got that yeah so she could say sorry and apologize and make up because 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 you already know she we already know she's dead and now we got to find out that hopefully there was some closure prior to that in yeah. her own life so yeah that was that was all good i mean there's room for more stories should they ever want to do another Black Widow movie. I mean, there's the whole five-year time period between Infinity War and Endgame where she was the only person managing the Avengers from that room. Even Steve Rogers was gone, remember? Yeah. And he shows up and she like throws her sandwich at him. She's the only one, you know, uh, keep coordinating all the Avengers. So th- if they ever wanted to, there's room for more story. I don't need it. I don't think there's any reason to do it because I think this wrapped it all up. Perfectly. More story for who? Black Widow? For, for Black Widow. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I felt like this was a really good way to wrap it up. Although the end, the end bothered me where I don't, I had an issue with that where the Thunderbolt Ross is coming. <laughs> And I did too. Then yep. the widows yep. came and they're like, "Oh, we'll take you out of here." Great. And she's like, "I gotta stay." And then it just shows like two weeks later she's gone. What happened? Like, did they arrest her? I don't understand. Why yes. did she stay? I, I don't. What either. was the that point was of the, that? That was the biggest problem I had with the whole movie. It was I, and I don't know if it was that they then didn't want to film a scene with them because they'd already found about the sexual allegations at that point. Yeah. Uh, or something, and that's why we don't see that portion but yeah i couldn't tell if it was what it almost felt like to me was that you were supposed to believe that she had been taken prisoner and then two weeks later she'd already broken out that that's what it felt like to me yeah but then but, but you're then making the audience the guy, do a lot of uh assumption you know no it's a lot of assumption but then i'm just say it's it's already proven wrong because the guy that what's the guy's name god i forgot that uh, that i told you ot fagging <laughs> that uh he's the the guy that gets her everything mm-hmm. the 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 planes and all that stuff yeah uh he has a line to that he says to her when she shows up see look what i can do when i'm given time and money yeah so she gave him so the most amount of time you could have had at that point is two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> so she must have immediately gotten away and called the guy because yeah. he had two weeks notice she couldn't have just gotten away or then suddenly they he had given her she'd given him no time again yeah so yeah, I guess she never. I guess she just disappeared at that point. But yeah, that was that was odd. Why didn't she just get on the damn plane if she's going to run away? Yeah, I felt like uh, overall uh, they they did a really good job with everything. That was a it's it's a small thing, but it stuck with me. Um, I think she should have just had one line saying, "I'm going to go that way," so they chase me. <laughs> yeah, not Gaul and not my parents that are over there looking around hurt. Yeah, like I'm gonna. That's literally it. Yeah. I'm gonna go that direction so they chase me, or I'll lead them away from you. That's it. That's all you had to do. Yeah, and that line would have made that whole ending fine, and no one would have a problem with it. And it was just one damn line. Yeah, and yeah, I I agree with you. It's just kind of uh, if I was, you know, the director right now is going God. Dang it! Yeah, that's what I missed. That yeah. one line ruined my movie, you know. And uh, and it kind, you know, it didn't ruin the it movie. It doesn't ruin the movie. It's just no people like you and I are gonna nitpick it later on. Nitpick that's it. about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll watch it again and I'll just know what's coming up and I'll move on with my life. There's not gonna be a big deal, but yeah, because it could have been Takers Part Two. It could have been <laughs> could have been a lot of movies that would have really sucked. But they gave us a fantastic movie, and yeah, we're absolutely absolutely nitpicking. Yeah. Uh, um, I love the scene where they're at Rachel Weiss's house. They see her mom, and they're having that dinner. It's like a Thanksgiving dinner where people are kind of, you know, families get together kind of arguing. Because it's like distant family. This isn't a family that sits down to dinner all the time. But they're kind of arguing, and 
the dad is being kind of cheesy, the mom is being kind of strict. Like it felt like I I just like really like the way they handled that. And also uh, Florence Pugh's part in that where she goes from like joking around to like incredibly emotional back to joking around. I was really really like that's a really good cast of really good actors. Mm-hmm. If you just take those four, and I felt like she was a like just a notch above everyone else. Which is not easy. That is, that's like, that's like joining the NBA All Star team and being LeBron. Like it's you got to really bring it to be that good. But I thought she was amazing in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to throw this one thing from the side out that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, <clears throat> there was an interview with Rachel Weiss, and she's like, you know, she's like throughout the whole process, you know, because Marvel's so incredibly secretive about everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're notorious for being like the most locked down place in the world. Um, they're like, you know, we, she's like, we had all our meetings via Skype and teams like everybody else, you know, uh, during the whole uh, marketing phase of it all. And, and they've decided they're like, you know, our biggest rival, of course, is going to be James Bond coming out. Yeah. And they're like, so we're, we're, we've got we we don't want anyone to know what we're going to do. We're going to move it up to this date so that we're not competing and all that. And she's like, somehow they kept forgetting who my husband is, <laughs> and so, which is Daniel Craig. Yeah, she, I forgot about and that. She's like, and, and she'd be like, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. And he's like, what? And she'd like tilt her, her laptop to the right. And Daniel Craig's right there in the stairs going, hey, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, God, you got to get a secure line. Get a secure line. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, yeah, that's good she's stuff. Like, he's, she's like, this is a little awkward for me because he's my husband. James Bond is my husband. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's God. What a small world, right? Yeah. Like, that's so funny. But but Dave Har- David Harbour, we got to have a moment of just appreciation right. for the man because his his Red Guardian. Oh so my God! Good. It was so phenomenal. The 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 fact that he was just so disconnected from what the women want emotionally yeah. is so hilarious because he anytime he clearly realized he'd done something wrong he would just double down by saying something even worse yeah. and uh and, and yeah and he says something to, at one point he hugs his he pulls both his daughters and he's hugging me he goes oh my god y'all have got so much red in your ledger i'm so proud of you yeah. <laughs> you've killed, you've so, killed many so the rivers run the rivers run red with blood with all the people yeah <laughs> No, it, uh, was, well, it felt like an it funny. It's funny because the relationship with that family felt like an ABC Family show, or I think it's called Freeform now, or whatever. It felt like something from that, but they were all just superheroes. Like it was just the lovable dad who's kind of a goofy guy, you know, big lovable bear, and then the sisters who were they love each other were kind of sp- fighting, and then the mom, the kind of strict mom. I, I just it very strict mom. Yeah, yeah, I liked how they took a very basic. Nuclear family and just just put them as superheroes. Uh, I just thought it was it was this could have been done very poorly, and I thought they did a really good job. The question is, what score do you give it? One out of ten. Oh God! IMDb rules. Yeah, that is that is eight point eight. Eight point eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think I give it an eight point eight because like I gotta leave a little more room for like Avengers and thing, right? With that were just amazing. Yeah. Right? But uh I, I wanna say nine point one, but maybe I'm getting a little too excited because there's recency bias. So probably eight point eight. Yeah. Uh I'd say it was really, really, really good. Okay. Um and I'm I'm looking forward to more. I, I think we might get more Red Guardian too. I they had a lot throwaway line which 
I was okay, positive. Wait, hold on, where... hold on, calm down. All right, so I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5 okay. just because uh, I enjoyed it. The problem is with with any of the Marvel movies, you have to hold them up to the. I feel like you you required to hold them up to the rest of the Marvel movies as a standard. How do they fit in that grouping? This was a it was a good movie. It was a really good movie. Um, it was probably in the middle for a Marvel movie. Uh, so I'd I, say it was one of the better of the standalones. That's fair. Yeah. What other standalones would you say would be in o- outside of outside of Ragnarok, which is barely even a standalone. Yeah, that's not um, really a standalone because Thor Thor got a trilogy. He's getting a fourth yeah. one, so I wouldn't call that. What standalones? What other standalones would you? What do we compare yeah. them to? I mean, like the first two Thors, the first two Ant Man. Okay, Black Andy, Panther, you can't Doctor you can't Strange. say standalone when you say first two. That's not a standalone. Black Widow no, only no, no, gets no, this no, one no, movie. No, it is a standalone. Dan, Dan, I'm saying a non-Avengers movie. A, a, a one character is carrying the movie. Okay, oh, so I, I thought you meant the, the character is only getting one movie. No, 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 no. Standalone is in there's one character. Mm. It's not. It's a Thor movie. It's a Black Panther movie. An okay. Ant Man movie. Doctor Strange. Like all of those. Out of all the standalones. That are you know not like Civil War doesn't count, Avengers movies don't count, can, you know okay. Ragnarok, uh, it's kind of tipping the border there, because uh, yeah. I mean they assemble a whole damn team, but uh, yeah, out of all the standalones, I, I mean it's it's one of the top ones I would say, Ragnarok is definitely the top if we're counting that as one still, yeah, um, and then I'd say that's right under that, I, I think it's better than both Ant Man movies, um, I still liked those movies, but I think. Overall, I like this one better. Yeah, uh, I like it better than the Cap movies. Um, the Cat movies. Cap. Oh, Cat movies. Yeah. The original one. The better than the first two Thors. Better than the Hulk. Cause... I put it above Doctor Strange, even though it's like really hard to. Yeah. That's hard to say. That's even apples to apples. I would agree with you. Yeah. Magic versus, you know what I mean? Versus, uh, I mean, it was a Bourne movie. It was as good as a Bourne movie to me. It was. It was thrilling. It was fun and. It, it uh, hinted at the world outside of it uh, in fun ways. Um, got just the how about just the opening scene where <clears throat> they're doing the where they're singing Yelena's song "Bye Bye Miss American Pie" yeah. as they're being ripped. The kids don't know or she doesn't know that she's being ripped away from America and her brother or her sister Natasha's looking out at you know American football as they're running by mm-hmm. and all the freedom that they're about to be ripped away from. Uh, and that and Elena has no idea what's happening, and she's just singing "Bye Bye Miss America Pie" as her favorite song, and you're like, "Oh God, that's just haunting! Like, like your world is about to turn into sh- into crap." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. And and then later, you see her and her dad in that room singing it. And I was positive Red Guardian was about to die when the when the widow team shows up to to take away Natasha and Elena at the mom's house. Mm-hmm. Remember that, and then the lights all come in as the helicopters show up, and and David Harbor starts singing "Bye Bye Mr. American Pie" again, really quietly to Elena, yeah, to cal- calm her down. I'm like, oh god, he's about to die, because I mean, he, right on the line where he said, "This will be the day that I die," and yeah. like, oh, he's gonna get shot. Oh, uh, I didn't think he would. No, because I'd seen stuff in the trailer that hadn't happened yet, so I knew there was gonna be well, more to come. I, but I, I will say, to take the trailer away. But <laughs> I will say, so. I, this is the only this and the Incredible Hulk are the only ones where the character only got one movie and with the Incredible Hulk that was not the intention things just fell hey, apart Doctor Strange. Edward Norton well Doctor Strange is getting a second movie Multiverse of Madness yeah. so th- any characters that have gotten one movie and only plan on having one movie Black Widow doesn't there's no intention to give her anymore her story's wrapped up um, as far as we know yeah. 
But yeah, it, between other than her and the Hulk, and I would definitely give this. I would definitely say this is better than the Hulk. But uh, yeah, I, overall, it's good. It's hard to kind of judge all the Marvel movies. Um, so IMDb gave it a seven, but with IMDb, you always have to give it a point buffer, which would give it to an eight, which I still feel is pretty low, and that's with sixty-four thousand votes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it is low, but uh, it'll get better over time. But uh, no, man, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic, and I can't wait to see more of Elena and the Widows. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's about all we have for what you're watching. Uh, I was going to say Rick and Morty. I happened to watch the new episode today. Um, I mean, if if you like Rick and Morty, you're watching it. And if you're not by now, then there's nothing we can do to convince you. But uh, yeah, I feel like this season's been just as solid as any of the rest. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if you're not going to... I agree with you totally. If you're not watching it by now, you're never going to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't heard about the show yet, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. wraps up everything for what you're watching this week, and we'll be right back after this message with uh, Coming Attractions. Uh, welcome back, and now is time for Coming Attractions. And what we lacked in what you're watching, we more than make up for in Coming Attractions because we have a ton of stuff. Uh, right off the bat, we have the Loki finale tomorrow, which... It's the sixth episode. There's so many questions. I'm hoping a lot get answer, gets answered, but I feel like with anything Marvel, there's going to be a teaser going on to the other stuff. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I couldn't be more excited about it. I'm just a little depressed it's about to be over. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be... <clears throat> I think we've even been hinted at that it's going to be a little bit anticlimactic. Um, Loki and... I'm lucky. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston and uh, uh, Kevin Feige both had said in interviews, you guys are really going to love episodes four and five. <laughs> so the fact that they didn't say from four on uh, is not that they're saying you won't like it. I think just like the last two movie or shows that they've had, it's just going to wrap the things up and then have some exposition. And it's not going to have some mind blowing uh, post credits. Maybe it will. Um Valentina again or something who knows but uh well no Valentina wouldn't be in this but anyway I just think they're gonna wrap it up I think they're gonna meet another Loki at the end of the time and I'm all here for it and I'm excited about Loki and Sylvie and seeing where they uh they take things as far as the two of them go off together somewhere uh to just retire and they and they move on from Loki uh now that he's you know done everything there is that he needs to do or are they gonna try to wrap Loki into more from here on forward um, because I think that there's a very real possibility this could be the last of Loki, uh, outside of the fact that they said there might be a season two. You, well, I, yeah, I mean, how can you say this might be the end when they said there's going to be a season two? Do you think it's going to be yeah, the end of Tom Hiddleston's Loki or all Lokis? Well, they said that, that's the thing. They said that uh, there's the... Feige said there's always the possibility of season two, but nobody's greenlit a season two yet. So there, he's like, he said, you know, it depends on the writing. Uh, you know, if you write a good story, we'll do a season two. So that's really kind of a not a, a non-committal answer. And honestly, like Loki, kind of like Scarlet Witch, Loki was killed off in Endgame, right? So like this is kind of its own little story that's away from the from the storyline of everything else in in the MCU. If he comes, you know, comes to find love and comes to you know end up with uh, you know confronting the darker version of himself, all that. There's really no reason not to end his story at this point. 
other than people just want more of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I mean, as far as a storyline, like this could be a wrapped up thread that, that just ties it all together nicely. Yeah. Um, I could see Hiddleston's yeah. story being over and Sylvie's yeah. takes over as Loki. But see, you're hoping that they end up together. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Because both of their stories kind of wrap up here, seeing that dark version of themselves and, and her taking down the DVA and finally settling with somebody she loves instead of being on the run all the time. So, I mean, I think you're right. I think they'll end up using him just because of the sheer popularity of them and the fact that she's only been in one thing ever that's MCU related and there's no reason she can't, you know, she'd probably want to do more. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how that all ended up, but maybe Loki sacrifices himself for. Sophie, who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I just think a, a happy ending for them would be nice. But I, I don't see that happening. See, I think uh, with with uh, uh, Natalie Portman becoming Thor, I could see Sylvie becoming the new Loki, and them kind of, I don't know, either the, the Enchantress. She'll be called the Enchantress. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, uh, but yeah. I could see that her coming back into our timeline. Uh, well, and, and taking over for Loki. That that makes sense. And then with Loki and Thor always purposely being Shakespearean. Yeah. They're not exactly known for happy ending. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that means there's going to be a great tragedy with Loki at some point. Well, but Loki, I mean, well, there was. Loki died. In our timeline, well, Loki died. Uh, again, uh, they usually die in love. So, uh, yeah, I could see him sacrificing himself against the evil Loki to save Sylvie. That's what I'm thinking, and then Sylvie comes to our timeline. Yeah. But, so, yeah, yep. the end of Tom Biddleston, potentially, which is horrifying. Well, we'll know in about 24 hours, so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is a Disney Pixar movie that it's actually already came out. It came out June 18th. I didn't realize it came out so far ago, um, but I kept hearing good things. It's called Luca. Uh, it's about... Mm-hmm. On the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. Um, uh, the girlfriend saw this and said it was she loved it. Uh, and I've heard from a few people it's pretty good. Also, it has Maya Rudolph, Jim Gaffigan. I like both those people. Uh, that's about... I mean, there's not really a lot of big names. Oh, it's Sasha Baron Cohen's in it a bit. Um, they didn't really need the big names in this one. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really good. My kids loved it. Oh, um, you saw it? Okay. Yeah, I didn't see it. My I saw parts of it while my kids were watching it. I got gotcha. uh, Overall, like I can just tell, like it was, it was a good. It was a small movie, but it was a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, just wanted to bring that about. All right. So this next one, I am not interested. I'll be honest, but I, I'm starting to see what Netflix has become. So this comes out on Netflix. Oh, I typed in "Sweet Netflix" instead of the title "Sweet Girl," so that's not going to bring back anything. Uh, it's got Jason Momoa and um, Isabel Isabella Merced, who was great as the kid in Sicario Two Soldado, and so that I mean those two running around seems like it could be good, but it's I don't know if you, did you watch the trailer for this? Yeah, and it's like you said, it's got great character actors like you like to see, like we talked about Adria Arjona. Uh, we like her a lot. Yeah, Amy uh, Michael Brennan Raymond James cool. from Terriers is great. Justin Bartha, but Nelson Franklin is my favorite. I do love Nelson from, Franklin. Yeah, from from Veep, but uh, but yeah, I don't. It's a B movie. <laughs> you can already tell from the trailer. It's a B movie. It's yeah. a B action movie. Yeah, which is kind of what Netflix is now. Ne- What's that? That's kind of what Netflix is now. 
Yeah, that's that's what they're aiming for. It appears. I think they found their sweet spot, and that people will be excited about and watch it. B-rated action movie if we get a big enough actor in there. Yeah, and I like Jason Momoa. I want him to do well and have nice things. Uh, this looks dumb. Uh, I'll probably... I, I mean... I'll probably watch it at some point. Just just because. Like a lazy no, no, Sunday. I will. They're, they're correct. Yeah. We will watch it. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a big enough actor in it. No, yeah. no, no. They're, they're totally right. But they probably made this movie for $30 million. And they'll get... You know, at this point, I don't know how much of it for Netflix is about. I think they've reached a new level to a degree in what Netflix is trying to do. So before it was about how many new viewers can we add based on this. Now I think it's just more about retention. So, you know, we can spend, you know, whatever, a billion dollars a month. (laughs) Not really, but whatever it is, you know, on products and, and, and services to retain our existing customers because we can't we can't lose customers at this point. Yeah. So we got to give them something that gets them to keep coming to strictly to us and hit play. And the thing is, they're probably not going to frequently spend $100 million on that, but they're going to want to have a lot more of these $30 million movies that, you know, would have made 55, 60 million at the box office yeah. um, instead of the blockbusters. And I think, and, and that's kind of what they're doing. So they've got their They've got their reality TV circuit they're trying to do to take over all the people that have cut the cord from cable, and they've got original series, but I think B-movies are an intentional part of their design. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think this was ever meant to be an A-movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just too bad because for a long time, Netflix put out, like, really good shows and mm-hmm. some re- some good movies. They got some good movies, and I feel like HBO Max has kind of taken on the quality streamer yes uh so netflix is going to be they're going to take over for hallmark channel sci-fi channel uh bravo and like you know those the ones ones that i mean honestly a lot of channels that you and i don't watch but that's who they're going to be like the the bad christmas movie streamer that's who they are now which it's too bad because they were kind of the first they set the tone uh for all other streaming and now it's kind of, you know, you have the streaming wars and everyone's got their own identity. Netflix has theirs as the cheesy quality stuff. HBO's got the quality. Peacock is, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, I forgot about Not that. Not at all. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and Hulu's. We took a bunch of stuff you liked and now you have to watch a lot of commercials behind it. Yeah, it's which you always did on regular TV anyway. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to bring you, the reason everyone's cutting the cord, we're going to bring it to streaming. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, the way I see it kind of with Netflix is the writing's on the wall, and you and I have talked about it a hundred times, and it's coming way faster than people realize is that the doing away with basic cable is going to come all of a sudden. Because at some point, basic cable is going to say, all right, we've now, you know, you know, you can't just wean down to the last 10 viewers, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to, you know, so at some point, cable, basic cable is going to go, all right, we, we literally can't afford to do this anymore. Like we have to start charging for basic cable, hundred, you know, an extra hundred dollars a month because we have nothing. All of our channels are leaving, you know, all that. And um, uh, I think the first place that everybody's going to go that's still a hanger-on of basic cable, which is typically older people, is going to be Netflix. Yeah. It's not. It's not HBO Max. It's not Hulu. It's. It's not even Amazon really because they don't know how to navigate that awful, awful interface. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be Netflix. Yeah. And um, they're like, oh, get my son, daughter's Netflix. They set it up for me on my TV. And, 
And so I think that's kind of where they're catering. And if you look at it, it's very intentional how they're doing like like anime series, right? They've committed to two anime series a month for the next, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, most of them will be season twos and threes of shows, Yeah. but they're going to try to have two, ser- two anime series every month. So every other week you get a new anime series. If you like anime, they're going to probably have a B movie. I would say at least every quarter, if not, or if not every other month, yeah. and be movie action or action movie. And then I think they'll still try like the big budget hundred million dollar movie you know, a couple times a year. Yeah. But it's probably... I don't know about a couple times a year. I think they're going to have one tentpole a year and then maybe like three or four really good shows. But a lot of their really good shows are ones that have kind of been... They're their legacy ones. Well, they're legacy ones like uh, Stranger Things and Narcos and I'm trying to think of what's another good Netflix show. But but all indie. That's what I'm saying. So like Orange is the New Black ended, House of Cards ended. Um, um, Bloodlines ended. Uh, Stranger Things has two seasons left. One of them's finally about to come out. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, you're right. Narcos. Did regular Narcos end? And it's just Narcos Mexico now. I mean, not that it ended. It's just a different story. Like Narcos was yeah, more it's... about Colombia, whereas now it's moving to Mexico. So right. it's just a, I don't. Yeah, it's... It didn't end. It just right, transformed, right, right. I guess. And they are going to do a spinoff of. Uh, What's the dude? Short dude. Um, El Chapo. Crazy guy. El Chapo, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a spinoff with him. So, But yeah, it's it's they haven't been coming out with brand new original amazing things. In fact, Ozark only has one season left, which is going to be coming out. The yeah. one that's coming out is their final season. Yeah. I mean, um, all, so their, that, that was all their big time really good serious shows are ending. And I don't know what they're doing to fill the void. every other year. I mean, it's not like these come out every year either. Yeah. They're every other year. Yeah. So you've got one good series a year between Stranger Things and Ozark. Yeah. So I, dude, yeah, they've got, they need to come up with some better original series. But like you said, I don't know if they're going to. I think they're going to intentionally fill the void of basic cable. Ugh. I think that's, that's, I think the, that's, that's kind of sad, like, to see it fall so far. Because it was, I mean, I almost like, I stopped watching cable. I was basically watching a lot of Netflix and now I can't tell you the last time I watched Netflix yeah Mindhunters is gone like I can't yeah I can't think of when the last time I watched something on Netflix was uh, Ratchet I did watch Ratchet which is getting a second season oh okay that is a good one and they're trying with the Mark Miller verse but that just didn't work out um, so they tried you what, know, they, what, what did they try with the Mark Miller verse what's that what, what were they trying with the Mark Miller verse well, they bought rights to his entire uh, collection yeah. of comics uh, to try to, and they wanted to make like they, I, they want to eventually have seven different original series from that world. Um, that was, you know, the Kingsman was one of them. Uh, the most re- and Kickass was one of them. The most recent is uh, um, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, which which Oof. did not work. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that was that more. was more. And that was really a lot more about Netflix messing it up than, which is weird because they're kind of they which were for rare. a long time known yeah. for staying out of everything. Yeah, that was that was rare. But I think they put so much money into this that they were they were paranoid and they and they got too involved, which is like you said, not not normal for them. Yeah, I think they're like, this is billions. We spent a billion. <laughs> this has to work, you know. And, uh, and and instead they they went outside of what they normally do and that made it worse um, but but really from 
from what I heard, the biggest part of it was just that they had started making it, and then the, the producer of it all uh, just hit them up, you know, halfway into the season, saying, "I want double the money, yeah, or triple the money." And they're like, "Dude, no, we gave you a budget. We asked you if you could do it. You said you could do it, yeah. and now you want triple the budget." So that that killed the show. But uh, but yeah, so they they're trying, I guess. It just for a while it felt like you and I were talking, and there's there was a major major Netflix series every week. I mean, not every week. I'm sorry, uh, every month. Yeah, there was something to look forward to every single month, and now it's like once a quarter, maybe, maybe, and they're just not filling that void with anything good. They're just filling it with crap. I mean, see, I've seen a lot of reality shows popping up on Netflix, and you know things like that and, and are they going to save this halfway failed series like like a lucifer was a pretty good one for them but that's over yeah so, uh they've eight episodes left so and, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm looking at the top uh according to rotten tomatoes the top rated netflix shows i haven't heard of most of them so number one is feel good got a hundred percent comedian living in london navigates sobriety in a new relationship with their girlfriend never heard of that or the people in it uh, the next one is The Babysitter's Club, which got 100%. Sophie Grace, Alicia Silverstone. I feel like I've heard of those two. Uh, well, I know Alicia Silverstone. I feel like the first one I've heard of. Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return. Dash and Lily. Never heard of that. Uh, Ugly Delicious. They keep trying to get me to watch that, but I haven't. Uh, Giri Haji, <laughs> which was awesome. Also got 100%. These are all 100% shows. Uh, Wait, Giri Haji, when did that come on? 2019 yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like show, show me the 2020 no these are okay so these one. are all right well 2020 and beyond is feel good babysitters club um dash and lily uh, immigration nation uh blood of zeus which i liked and i'm not big on anime but i enjoyed that uh lennox hill uh docuseries middle titch and shorts which i don't think we'll be getting a a sequel because he's Thomas Middlesich is going through some Me Too stuff. Crazy Head, black comedy about an unlikely duo of demon hunters. That actually sounds good. Oh, that's from 2016. Sorry. Yeah, like a lot of these, I don't. A lot of them are little kids or YA. Yeah. Um, and they're not really. It feels like they're trying to reach out to micro niches, or yeah. not. I guess niche is micro, but uh, to specific niches of audiences like Feel Good. This for the uh, uh, LGBTQ community, and babysitters is for the little kids, and and blood and juice is for anime, and you know what I mean. See, see what I'm saying? So it's all like, like none of it's broad spectrum, like Stranger Things. Those kinds of things were. Yeah. So um, so I guess that's just the route they're going. And HBO Max is kind of interesting because now they do have some repeat series going for sure, but they also have they're looking at a. I mean, I think right now White Lotus just started. That's also a six-episode miniseries. Yeah. Um, so they're doing just one miniseries after the other, just bam, 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 every month. But it's great because you get phenomenal actors and actresses mm -hmm. uh, throughout from top to bottom in the series because they know that it's six episodes and they can move on to the next project. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's going to be highly produced, really good. It's, it's usually got a really good story to get them in there. Um, and, and then they're out. And they can get awards for it, Emmy Awards, which are going to help their career also. Yeah. Because um, there's something in it for them besides that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is that's interesting to me is, you know, when you do a miniseries, uh, typically the studios 
make a lot of their money back season two because they've got all those sunk costs taken care of yeah. in the sets and things like that. And so I, I, I'm just, I wonder how expensive it is to do these kinds of things. Yeah. Versus what they're bringing in. Yeah, I mean, it must be working because they keep doing it. Another one I was thinking about for Netflix, Queen's Gambit, that came out and was huge. And that was a miniseries. You're right. That was a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. So, I mean, I'm going to go see this just for nostalgia, but uh, Space Jam, the <laughs> a, a new legacy is coming out. I'm not. It looks bad. It looks like they basically just took all the IP that Warner Brothers had and just, just threw it together and put it on a screen. Which is going to be for Ready Player One. uh, Yeah, yeah, but that was a good story and an enjoyable movie. I mean, I'm still going to see this. I like LeBron. It's got Don Cheadle, uh, Sonequa Martin Green, uh, who's fantastic, and Discovery. Yeah, Discovery and Walking Dead. Uh, Wood Harris who I, I like him from The Wire, and he's been in a few things. And then that's about, I think that's all the actors. But it's... But the people they show outside of the Looney Tunes, like in the audience and all the stuff that they're making a big deal out of, are all the exact same side characters from Ready Player One. It just makes me laugh. Oh, like really? Iron Giant, Fist Bump, oh, yeah. Kong. I'm like, those were big parts of Ready Player One. Yeah. And they've got, like, like all these other things that... Oh. It just and LeBron James, I God, he's the worst actor. Oh, I I liked so, him and he was great in Trainwreck. He was not. You're he, a liar. I mean, he, was, he was great he in Trainwreck. He was hilarious. No, his specific acting was awful. He was funny because it was LeBron James and it was a sports uh, me, uh, medic or whatever, and LeBron James and people gave him way too much credit because they were just happy he functioned. But go back and watch him. Dude, did you see? Did you see the original? Uh, Space Jam. Michael Jordan was not a good actor in it. He wasn't supposed no, to be. No, he's, he's not better than better LeBron James. But well, I but, mean that's uh, debatable. But I, yeah, that's your fault not, if you're going into this because you want to see LeBron be a good actor. That's your fault. No, no, I, I'm not going into this at all. No, you're uh, not going to see it at all. My son is going to watch it for free on HBO Max. Yeah. But, oh God, no! I am not watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably. I mean, I'll. I will. I will start it. I'll watch it on HBO Max, and I'll watch it as far as I can get, and then I'll just skip to the end and watch the final final game. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. it's Space Jam. It's a, it's a big deal. I figured I'd bring it up. All right. Quest for more cash. Exactly. Right. So, all right. The next... So this next one it, this is going to be very, very bad. It's going to be terrible. I'm not going to see it. But it kind of got me going down a, uh, a, a rabbit hole. So it's called Midnight in the Switchgrass. Which actually sounds like it'd be a cool... Sounds like a Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, it just sounds like a cool thing. Um, the synopsis is, an FBI agent and Florida State officer team up to investigate a string of unsolved murder cases. That actually doesn't sound like... I mean, with the title, could be good. It's got Megan Fox, Bruce Willis, and Emile Hirsch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, so... First of all, Megan Fox is a terrible actress. She was pretty... Or still is, but that was why she was famous for a hot second, and she was in the Transformer movie. Uh, but she, uh, was it you that convinced me to watch that movie where she's a ranger on the safari? If it, if it no. was, was that you or Parker? Parker. Well, we, and we were both talking about watching it as a joke, <laughs> not taking the movie seriously in any way. Even so, it was uh, still so painful. We like watching train wreck of a movie uh. like that. Like the Great White movie or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she's awful. But she's I do think bad. it's funny that the opening scene is her 
killing her, killing an attempted uh, sexual assaulter who happens to be her real life husband. <laughs> oh, really? Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's her husband. I didn't know that. He's in this too. Yeah. You know what? I actually yeah, liked he, him in that movie, The Dirt, the about the Motley Crue. Did you ever see that? Yeah, it was really. He good. Was He's good. actually. He he seems like a horrible human being in real life. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> He's a guy I, I don't ever want to have to hang out with, but uh, but his acting uh, is yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean th- that, and then um, Roadies, which I know you didn't uh, when your thing, but he was. Fantastic. I just never got around to watching it. I yeah, I just never. I kept meaning to watch it. I know it got canceled, so it's kind of hard to watch one of those. I just never I can got get around that. it. Totally. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. from, oh, he's from Box, Houston. He was, he's from Houston. Houston. Ugh. Yeah, he's good in Bird Box. Uh, there was something else I saw him in where I was like. Oh, he's pretty good in that. I know he's in King of Staten Island, but I don't even remember him. Either. Yeah. But, like, Emil uh, Hirsch, remember when he came out in um, Girl Next Door? Like, he was the man. Uh, yeah. Like, that was a good... Girl Next Door was a good movie. It was so funny and unexpected. And then... Into the Wild? Uh, Into the Wild. And then Lords of Dogtown. I enjoyed that. We watched that the other day. I hadn't seen it in forever. Alpha Dog was a bad movie, but I feel like that wasn't his fault. Um, and then he did Speed Racer. Oof. Um... Uh, but, like, he does these little things where, like, like he's a really good actor. He just picks some really weird movies. He was in Lone Survivor. He was good in that. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get that guy. Like, he does really good movies, and then he does stuff like this. I don't I don't know what his, the plan is there. Uh, it's got, the Darkest Hour was supposed to be a big deal when they made it. Like, they thought that was going to be a, uh, a trilogy. It did not work. <laughs> what was The Darkest Hour? I don't remember that. Uh, it was a big budget sci-fi where they got a bunch of people that were up and coming, but none of them could carry their own thing. So it was him and Max, Max Mangella, and then Olivia Thurlby, who I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, Joel Kinnaman. And Rachel Taylor. Yeah. And Joel Kinnaman was in it. He has one of the bad guys. Uh, but it was like four Americans in Russia um, doing something as there's basically an, an attack on Earth from aliens. And it was a big budget deal. And uh, they had to figure out how to fight these things. Uh, I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> there was some like unique twist to how you could fight them. And, uh, In uh, Moscow, and, five and, young people lead the charge against an alien race who have attacked Earth via our power supply. Ooh, yeah. the poster looks bad. It, it was bad. It was not. It was not a great movie. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen either. Don't get me wrong. You got a four point nine. Uh, but so, it was not good. So like a yeah. six. So like a six for normal people. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was just not great. But okay. Uh, the a- actors in it individually were all pretty good. Um, it was just a ridiculous. It wasn't a good enough concept to actually survive making more movies, and so uh, yeah, they okay. didn't. But yeah, it was intended to be a trilogy. So when they hired him, that that was going to be a big deal and be the big, you know, break. And then nope. <laughs> okay. Well, so it led me down a rabbit hole of, like, I keep seeing Bruce Willis pop up on all these, like, bad movies. Uh, and so I started looking at, like, the movies he's doing. So, in 2022, he's he will have done one, two, three, four, five movies. In 2021, <laughs> he will have done one, two, three, four, five, six movies. 2020, one, two, three, four... 2019, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies. Like, I don't... And like, you haven't heard of any of them. Like, 
Are, are you worried that he's going to have trouble getting into character? I don't know what's... I just don't know what's character happening. In every movie. I don't know what's happening. Well, in Glass, he was different. And he was fine in that. It really wasn't about him, but he was fine in that. Kind of. It was still him, just talk less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mother Brooklyn, who he's in, which he's in for all of five seconds, and that was uh, unfortunate. And then I don't... I have not seen any of these other movies he's in. Not a one. I've never heard of any of these. Oh my God! McLean's announced he's going to do another John McLean movie. Why? Oh Jesus! The original story to the popular film franchise Die Hard. Well, then why is he in it? Why is he? That makes no sense. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, what happened with Bruce Willis, man? Like he was one of the big time. Like he was like a huge name, and now he's doing all these like really bad movies. Yeah, he, he really is. Uh, yeah, I'm not a not a fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, this has been happening for a while, though. This isn't a new thing. He's 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 the new Nick Cage, man. Yeah. He's been, he just needs to make more money, and so he just keeps. And, and it's probably, honestly, not that. It's it's probably a little bit more about he did two decent movies in a row, with Once Upon a Time in Venice, which actually looks like it got rated pretty rough, five point seven. Did you see but it? I remember, Was it good? I, I remember people making a big deal about it that it was pretty good for him. Okay. And then, and good then, for him. That, I like, think it, that it's Bruce Willis. Like this guy's, like in the eighties and nineties, he was he. There wasn't too many people much bigger. Yeah, and and he made that at the same time as Glass, uh, and so I think there was a little bit of a uptick, you know, in, in his popularity for a second. So it looks like he signed on to thirty-eight movies, uh, <laughs> that are all. I mean, Cosmic Sin is the name of a movie. Oh, my God. Soul, Soul oh, Assassin. I'm looking at Soul Assassin. Although it has Andy Allo, who's uh, the girl from Upload, who I really like. But other than that, I don't know anybody. Yeah, Cosmic Sin has uh, Frank Grillo. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, didn't they do... They did... Was it Boss Level? No, that was with Mel Gibson. God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah. It's, it's not great. It's not great. But yeah, I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of... And who's watching all these movies? Like, to be doing all these movies, there's got to be income from them. Who's doing them? Who's watching this? That's the real question in life. Uh, some people that hate themselves. And I, yeah, I, I don't know why anyone would watch this. But uh, you know what? We spent enough time on this terrible movie. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Alright, now to <laughs> really good news. Uh, Impractical Jokers comes back I or it came back on Thursday and did you ever watch that I did not oh man you're missing out it's 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 so funny it's it gets a little awkward but it's so so funny it's the only thing that's carrying true TV okay yeah <laughs> fair enough oh man yeah no I've, I've never never had a desire to watch it uh okay well you need you should I'm just letting you alright fine alright well kind of <laughs> Fine. Kind of took the wind out of my sails on that one, butthole. <laughs> but uh, I'll give it a shot. It's a great I'll give show. It a shot yeah. I shit on it. Anyway. All right. Uh, next is Animal Kingdom, which just came back Sunday, and I haven't watched. All right. Look, if you're like, I don't want to watch this, I get that. It's it's trash, but it's like really good trash. It's got an eight point two on IMDb. <laughs> That's their tagline. <laughs> it's trash, but it's really good trash. I mean, I like like Sean Hodesy. I like him. I think he's a good actor. Um, Finn Cole is a good actor. Um, 
there's Molly Gordon. She started popping up in other stuff. She was not very. She was very not good in this. But she, I started seeing her pop up in other, in other things. Uh, Ellen yeah, Barkin's in it. Um, it's weird her relationship with her kids. Uh, Jake Weary is one of the brothers who I like. He's pretty good in it. But uh, it's it's based off of okay. So it's based off the movie from Australia, which brought out like Jackie Weaver and Ben Mendelsohn and uh, oh, what's his name? I like him a lot. He's the one that was in Bright. He was the troll in Bright. Oh yeah, uh, Edgar Ramirez. No, not Edgar Ramirez. How dare you? Uh, troll in Bright. Yeah, but no, it's um, he was also in Warrior. He's, uh, Joel Edgerton. That's who it is. You were oh, you were okay. no help on that. Uh, nope. And, okay. Yeah, Joel Edgerton and um, Sullivan St- Sullivan Staples Sullivan or whatever. Who? Yeah. Yeah, he does his Sullivan thing. Stapleton. Yeah. Um, but it's based off of a real crime family from Australia. The movie came out. It was the acting was really good. It was a weird movie. Um, and then this came out. And it's look, I can't. If you're like that, looks dumb. I get it. I get it. If you watch it, you're like, "This is terrible." I get it. I get it. I like it. I like it. I enjoy it. I can't wait to watch. It. Oh yeah, Scott Speedman's in it. Good for him. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's enjoyable. Well, fair enough. Yeah, Molly Gordon. You, you brought her up a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she started hitting it big a couple years ago. Yeah, and then COVID hit. But because she had, yeah, this uh, book smart, Good Boys, which she was great in, Rami, which uh, Rami. Which she was uh, good in, and it's been getting all kinds of publicity lately. Yeah. Um, and then some movie called The Broken Hearts Gallery, which was not meant for me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't uh, sound and, like it is. Yeah. And then she's got a couple projects going on right now too. She's she's part of that Lakers HBO uh, show that's coming out. Soon. Oh yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, we still got a ways, but yeah, the story of how the Los Angeles Lakers became the most successful professional basketball team in the 1980s. That's gonna be good. Yeah, I think it will be too. Yeah, and I'm not that into basketball, but I'll I'll definitely be watching that. Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. Oh my God, that is dynamite casting. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it came back on Thursday after a long hiatus because I think the finale was like two years ago. Uh, so it's and it and it ended like on a pretty pivotal point. So I'm excited to go back and kind of see what happens. I have to. I probably should go back and watch the last episode again. But uh, yeah, Adrian Brody too. Ever since, did you ever watch that show Dice? No. It was fantastic. Really, like it actually genuinely was a really good show, and uh, with Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of making fun of himself. It was like his version of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> where uh, he's got a fake wife and and uh, that plays his wife and uh, uh, a great cast. But uh, Adrian Brody was a big part of it, and. Uh, He's Andrew Brody is gonna play Dice Clay in a biopic. That's one of the main story through lines in one of the seasons, and it is so freaking hilarious watching uh, Adrian Brody come make fun of himself trying to play Dice Clay. It, it, it's hilarious. I might have to uh, watch this cast. You're right. It's Kevin Corrigan, Natasha Leggero, uh, Cedric Yarbo, Yarbro, Ron Livingston, Patrick Fischler, Mary Holland, who is amazing. Andrew Daly, yep. who I feel like is underrated. Uh, Lorraine Bracco, uh, Billy Gardell. It's that's a David Arquette for some reason. That seems like a really good cast. It was a good show. It was a really fun to watch. Good show. 
It got a uh, 7.5 on IMDb, and this does not seem like a seven uh, an IMDb kind of show. It was on Showtime, apparently. Oh, God, no. And, and you know, most people hate him. Yeah. So they purposely downvote anything he's in. Yeah. Uh, and yet he still was able to pull off that that big... But yeah, and I, I thought there was... I really thought there was going to be a like somewhat of a renaissance of him because he got cast in the Stars Born. He did his Dice Show. Yeah. He was in Vinyl and was was good in Vinyl, even though they we t- we laughed about that story where he, you know he tried to <laughs> he in one of the the first episodes he plays a DJ that uh, ends up getting killed and there's this uh, they're all drinking at a bar in the first at the in this one scene and they he kept improving in the middle of the uh, the deal that he had a twin brother. He's like, you should meet my twin if you like my work, you know, uh, to the characters. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Scorsese goes, damn it, stop trying to improv your twin in here just so you can be in more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And he kept trying to do it. Oh, it so funny. He's like, i got to give myself job security for next year. <laughs> so this is weird. It got so... It says, so it ha- oh, I guess it got canceled. Well, this is weird. So I'm looking at for season two, it made it through seven episodes and then it just quit. Like there were, it looks like there were 13 episodes planned, but after the seventh episode, they just pulled the plug. And this was back in 2017, so it doesn't look good for a sequel. And the first season <laughs> yeah. only had six episodes, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think it had the full season, and then it. Uh, I think they were gonna do like a two-part season. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, and and they did. They did the first half, and it, and it didn't grow as, as much as they were hoping it would. Okay. But uh, I'm, the guest stars were amazing. I mean, Mickey Rourke's in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. That seems right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, they all play terrible versions of themselves. Like like you know Bob Saget on the Entourage, or yeah. Something. You know, like none of them, none of them tried to play it cool in any way. <laughs> That's funny. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, next is White Lotus, which at the time had not come out, but it came. Well, it came out July 11th, and I I was looking forward to it. You and I are both big Steve Zahn fans. Connie Britton, big fan of her. Um, what did you think? I enjoyed it so far. I only saw the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that that might be all that's out yet. I don't okay. know. Let me see. No, no, they we're three episodes in. Okay, okay, we're three episodes. I'll watch the other two tonight uh, with the wife. But uh, yeah, so far it was good. It looks like it's going to be. I think maybe somewhat of a, somewhat of a murder mystery through line. It it, it feels like at the very beginning you see that something has happened to one of the characters. Okay. And then, uh, and then it goes into the storyline, and it almost feels Grand Budapest Hotel in a way, but not really. And it's a, uh, but yeah, it's a group of different strangers that show up on this uh, on this paradise uh, hotel, and I don't know, I think it's supposed to be Hawaii or something. Um, and uh, you follow all the different families and groups within the hotel, and the cast is fantastic. Um, and uh, so yeah, so far it's it did enough to hook me in to watch some more. Uh, okay. You know, which is all the pilot's supposed to do. And, yeah. Uh, HBO Max. So far, everything they've done has been fantastic. So, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. All right. So yeah, I mean, they've they've earned my trust. So yeah. far, I'm. I think I've watched four in a row, of their, you know, The Undoing, uh, Mayor of Easttown. There's another one <laughs> that I'm blanking on, and then this the one affair. Here, so, which one? The affair. I remember you like that one a lot. 
Well, the affair was Showtime. Oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. HBO Max is making the best quality stuff. It, it, it's just, oh, it's not even Sharp close. Objects. Sharp Objects. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did like that. I don't know if I ever finished the show. I read the book like a long time ago. Oh man, the ending was fantastic. Come on, you I, should... yeah, I know how it ends. It was oh, well, it... but the way they do it on the show was magical. Okay, maybe I'll go back and finish that. I don't know. I remember reading because I read Dark Places first, which I really, really liked. It was a really good book, and then I read the Sharp Objects one, and it was uncomfortable just because it's a lot of sexualization of like fourteen-year-old girls, and it is uncomfortable. But they do a lot better job of implying, but not showing that kind of thing. In this in the show, they yeah, said, there's a little. Yeah, they, it, what I saw, and I saw like half of it. It wasn't as uncomfortable. It wasn't as bad as the book. The book gets yeah. a little more into it. But but definitely finish it because the finale was massive. Okay. It was. You'll be glad you watched it. It was like it was something everybody was talking about for a long time. Because and I don't want to give it away, but because of something that happens the way they do it, not just not just the you know what you would have read in the book about it, but the way they do it theatrically was great okay fair enough yeah uh the next thing is this one's interesting uh catch and kill so it's catch and kill the podcast tapes so it's an expansion of the hip podcast and best-selling book catch and kill the podcast tapes brings to life the intimate interviews that broke hollywood's most infamous story and what they're talking about is what um uh oh fair ronan farrow had brought up about basically uh, all the the sexual predators that were in Hollywood and everything that came about uh, mm-hmm. him growing up in that universe his dad being uh, Woody Harrelson yeah. or not Woody yeah. Harrelson uh, yeah me no, and, uh, Mia Farrow and, not Woody Harrelson Woody, Woody Harrelson was uh, oh, in oh, Cheers Woody Allen. I'm sorry yeah, you yeah. Twice on that one. Uh, Woody okay. Woody, Allen. Woody Allen yeah uh, so he kind of grew up in that. I listened to his interview. I think I, I think it might have been on Joe Rogan or something, and which was interesting. But I'm interested to see this. I think this is just a mini series. Uh, I think it's only six episodes and then it's done. But it looks like yep. the first. It looks like the first two came out July 12th, and oh, they've got. They? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I'm gonna have to look for that. Oh, that's it's on, yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, no, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I haven't seen this yet, but yeah, I yeah. it wasn't on that. And it's going to be on okay. HBO Max, of course, because HBO Max makes all the best stuff. But I'm really interested to watch that. So uh, it's already got a 6.9 on IMDb. I mean, it's 15 views. I don't know if, how many people are voting on this, but I am intrigued to watch that no matter what the score. So. No, absolutely. And it's interesting that Rosanna Arquette is in it as herself because... And I know this can sound mean, and I actually, I really don't mean this in a mean way. Okay. <laughs> but the Arquettes, no, no, I'm serious. Uh, the Arquettes, I, I don't know anything about them, haven't read much about them, but, you know, there, there's like, I'm going to say five of them, uh, and, and at least four of them are, are, are in acting. Um, but they're all, you know, let's be honest, pretty weird, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're not normal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I always wondered if there was some sort of uh, abuse in the family, just because... A lot of time when there is that abuse, you do have the people, you know, the turn out a little bit off. Yeah. Right? I mean, because well, their childhood was traumatic. Uh, I just want to get I back to you said she's playing herself. Yeah, it's a documentary, man. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, her talking about being an Arquette. Is, yeah. And this is all about, you know, abuse in Hollywood. So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I wonder if, if there was some abuse in the Arquette family yeah. or, or to the kids that were enacted. So, yeah, I'm, I was just saying that that kind of makes sense in its own because I'd always wondered that. Fair enough. Uh, so the next one is Miracle Workers, which I keep hearing, I keep hearing phenomenal things about. Like, everyone that watches it, loves it. it it's on TBS, which I think is why I haven't watched it, just because I don't really watch. I, I, I mean, if I can avoid cable, I do. Uh, but it's the third season's coming out July 13th, which is today. And it's got a good... So the summation is, a comedy set in the offices of heaven, Inc., when God plans to destroy the earth, two low-level angels must convince their boss to save humanity. They bet him they can pull off their most impossible miracle yet, help two humans fall in love. Uh, the cast is Daniel Radcliffe, Steve Buscemi, Karen Sony, who is becoming uh, pretty big. Geraldine Viswanathan, I don't... She looks familiar, but I can't think of what she's in. Oh, she was in Blockers. That was not... Well, yeah, it was not a good movie. It's but, not a great movie. No, yeah. but the people... Every, I liked all the people that were in it. Um, I don't see anything else I know her from, but uh, I think her and Karen Sony might be the leads. I can't remember. And Steve Buscemi, I think, plays God. I don't know. No, no, no. So what's fun about this show? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I've seen parts of it. Oh, okay. It's an anthology. So every season, it's the same actors, but they all play totally different characters. Oh, that's fun. So, so yeah, the new season starting. If you look from season to season. Their, uh, what it says for their for who they play is completely different, um, and that's and that's the beauty of it. So yeah, the first season, he is God. It looks like the Oregon Trail is going to be the newest yeah, season yeah. of Miracle Workers. So I don't know what they're going to do with that, but yeah, their 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 names, character names are all different, but they've got most of the same cast back each time. But uh, yeah, and I saw a little bit of season one, a little bit of season two, and, and I liked it. I just I don't it it came out I found that show right as there was like an explosion of new series on like HBO Max and Netflix and Amazon all hitting at the exact same time and mm -hmm. and I just never found my way back to it but I might do that soon. Okay, uh, it also has Peter Serafinowitz and Tony yeah. Cavallero who are big fans of both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, the next one is this one we've been excited for, about for a while Gunpowder Milkshake oh man it comes out tomorrow you said right uh, yes I believe so yeah I couldn't be more excited about that <laughs> and, I, and I'm not being facetious no I, no, I can't wait about that movie. Yeah, the cast is unreal Karen Gillan, Carla Gugino Freya Allen, Lena Headey, Michelle Yao Angela Bassett, Paul Giamatti uh, who else? I think that's everything. But good lord, if that's not enough for you, I don't know what is. And it's basically yeah, it's, a shoot 'em up fun action comedy. Yeah, it feels very like Smoke and Aces. You yeah, know what I mean, like like just that quirky. Everybody's out to kill the same couple people, but she's got a few helpers along the way. Uh, Lena Headey playing Karen Gillan's mom, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, just the scene. The scene where she's so Karen Gillan is basically helping a girl, uh, a little girl, uh, survive everything that I think she was tasked to kill and decided not to. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you see at one point, Linda Hattie shows up. She's like, she, and she's like, I got to get help from one person that can do that's more badass than me, basically. And it's Lena Hattie. And she sees a little girl. She goes, 
oh, gross, am I a grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> Not, oh my god, it's my grandkid. <laughs> I'm, but I'm going to call it now. I'm going to call it now. Lena Hetty did the same thing with Kara Gillen. I'm going to call it now. That's not her real daughter. She did the same thing. She, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to call that. It's on the record. You watch. I'll call it you want. Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited about watching. Yeah, that comes out today. Is that what we decided? Today did it come out? I can't. It just tomorrow. Get... It comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, Freya Allen is kind of making herself a little career at an extremely young age, huh? Yeah, yeah. She, she, was she was in The Witcher. She was in The Witcher. She'll be in season two. She's the main character, pretty much. And uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. She'll be one of the top people. Yeah. She was in Into the Badlands. I don't know. If she's a major part of no, that. No, she's she played was... a young girl. But she's also in that um, the, third the third day, day. which is when yeah. That comes out. Did you watch that? Does that has that come I, out yet? I did. She was in uh, the so. It was a miniseries, oh, okay, well, and she was 14. in all of it. Wow, that's weird that it's a miniseries. Oh yeah, September fourteenth. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's a first half and a second half of the miniseries. So three three episodes follows uh, Jude Law's character, and it's called Father. And then three episodes follows um, uh, the girl that I think is just the most fantastic. Uh, and I and I'm just blanking on her name, uh, Naomi Harris, and oh, it's called yeah, Mother. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was a really good, really good series. All right, yeah, I have to check that out. Weird, very weird, but very good. I can see that. Uh, all right, the next one is one that I don't know how. Like we, I mean, I think you said you heard about it, but I feel like you're lying. Uh, <laughs> the Northwater. The Northwater tells the story of Patrick Sumner, a disgraced ex-army surgeon who signs up as a ship's doctor on a whaling expedition to the Arctic. On board, he meets Henry Drax, the harpooner and brutish killer whose amorality has been shaped to fit the harshness of his world. Hoping to escape the horrors of his past, Sumner finds himself on an ill-fated journey with a murderous psychopath. In search of redemption, his story becomes a harsh struggle for survival in the Arctic wasteland. Uh, that alone, like, eh, okay. But it stars Jack O'Connell and Colin Farrell and Peter Mullen. Yeah, that that was all I had to know was the first two. <laughs> Stephen Graham's in an episode. Love that guy. Who's that? Yeah, Stephen Graham. Yep. No, very, very much like it. He made a really weird series called the uh, the OA, which was really popular on Netflix. Um, Stephen Graham did. Huh? Who 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 made a popular series though? The, uh, the the director. Okay. The director of this show. Uh, yeah, Andrew Hay. H a i g h. Uh, I think you say Hay. Uh, uh, so yeah, he did a. a series called the OA there, it, there was one season they canceled it because it just didn't have enough viewers but the thing is the viewers that watched it like it became a religion yeah. like it was more than a cult and uh and it was so loved that they're like you know what we're gonna give you all season two even though this doesn't warrant it based on viewership so they made a season two with them and uh and, and people were like so thrilled and and it got pretty good ratings uh it's a very very weird show <laughs> yeah, it's good. It was ended up really good, but it was really weird. So the fact that I got a seven point eight on IMDb is basically means it's a ten. <laughs> yeah, well, and with ninety four thousand voters, first, I mean, I kept seeing it was it was on it would they would pop it up on Netflix a lot. So it's not like Netflix didn't try to push it, but uh, yeah. Oh, they, Jason they Isaac, Scott Wilson, I like both yeah, those guys. Yeah, Britt Brit Marling's the main character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And. Uh, uh, she's she was like this she's really up and coming 
um, people really like her, mm-hmm. and she but she makes all these indie movies, um, and I I want to say she produces them and maybe directs some of them. Uh, well, okay, she was one of the writers on the OA, oh, and wow. uh, and another another Earth was the other one I was trying to think of. Okay. That was a really unique, different kind of a cool movie. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay, so they basically uh, any movie where they find out that there is another earth on the other side of the sun rotating in the same fashion but we just couldn't see him because they're exactly on the opposite side of the sun and it's the same people it's like a duplicate earth same people everything's evolved exactly the same so even the humans are the same and so everybody wants to go they're, they're going to send a shuttle over there and they're going to send a shuttle over here of like you know like six people to yeah. decide to meet the counterparts and it's like really weird and interesting and and cool um william uh Matt father yeah yeah i you like that guy about? yeah yeah he, he i wait for him to like get he's always like a character actor mostly in jj abrams stuff and yeah, I yeah. he has a little parts so i always wait for him to like get his next step yeah it's 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 a, and it's from a guy that directs really weird stuff like this another earth eye origins bliss all of those were you know rise were, were very weird different unique sci-fi type shows but yeah. that were based on people uh, you know on personalities and characters but but anyway uh i digress Britt marling uh, was really up and coming and then just seems like she kind of stalled out because she only did indies yeah like if she'd done one marvel movie mixed in there <laughs> she'd be huge but you know that might I mean? not be what she wants i mean i'll be honest it, it if not, i was yeah, in that world i wouldn't want to be famous that seems like it'd be a pain in the ass yeah yeah she did that really popular one too about uh um, a cult where she becomes like the the leader of a cult that uh, a lot of people were saying was fantastic and I, I never saw it okay. but uh, but she got hardly famous because of that okay I'll have to check that out but uh, back to Northwater that one comes out let's see I forgot uh, the 15th comes out on Thursday so I'm excited about that. I, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that's about to come out, and usually summer. It's funny. Summer was always a dry period for shows because the cable people never wanted to put anything out there. Then every once in a while, you get these little mini series that they put out, and they realize, oh, there's something in the summer. Then Netflix comes out and starts putting a ton of stuff out in the summer, and now all these streaming services realize it's summer. People don't have. I mean, they they can go on vacation, they send it home. but then they can come <laughs> back and binge. Yeah, so good for them. Uh, all right, so this one we're I think both conflicted about. Well, me so I think I'm more conflicted than you are because I think you you said you're straight up out on it. But um, a couple on a backpacking trip discovers a magical town in which everyone acts like they're in a musical from the 1940s. It's called Schmigadoon, and uh, I I am not a big musicals person. Uh, it's not my thing. But the cast is Fred Armisen, Kristen Chenoweth, Alan Cumming. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Jane Krakowski, Cicely Strong. I'm trying to see who else. Uh, that's, I think, about the all the big names. Uh, it's hard to get mad about the cast. Yeah, and, yeah. And I don't know if I put this on it myself or I read this, so I, I might be totally wrong. But what I gathered was it's supposed to be kind of similar to Gallivant, like a comic musical Which we love. That was a great event. show, yeah. Okay, so may- maybe I'll give it a shot. I-, I gotta be honest with you though, I didn't even do Galavant. So oh, did you not? Just, oh, you missed out, man. It was fun. I don't like musicals, but that was a really fun show. It's too bad I only made it two seasons. It was underrated. But the and the writers, the writers are also the ones that write um, 
the Despicable Me, Despicable Me movies, and they did Bubble Boy, which, say what you will, Bubble Boy is not appreciated <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's not. It was ahead of its time. Yeah. That was uh, uh, Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, before he was before he was big time. Him, I suppose that's right, Swoosie Kurtz was in it, Marley Shelton, John Carroll Lynch, also very underrated. I can almost see Jake Gyllenhaal. He's such a weird dude, and he made such weird movies. And I can almost see him, I mean, and I love it, and I appreciate it for it, but I, I can almost see him in a room with his managers going, okay, Donnie Darko was great. How do I get weirder? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> What if we just throw you in a bubble for the whole movie? Done. Let's yeah. do that. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. That anyway. Can I take that home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I see that yeah. Bubble Boy very underrated. So yeah, I will give it a shot. It's too. There's too many good components of that to for it to be terrible. Like it might be weird. It might not be my thing. But I'm at least gonna try it because I feel like there's there's something to like about it. Didn't I see that the uh, the main, what's the guy's name? That's the main writer for SNL, the main main guy. Colin Jost. No, that like he's the main head of it all. Uh, uh, come on, man. Lord Michaels. Yes, thank you. Uh, is, doesn't he have something to do with this, or am I crazy? I thought oh. I saw that. Um, I didn't see that he did. I don't. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, Cicely Strong's from SNL, but I don't know that. It doesn't seem like he would. So. Uh, yeah, no, he is executive producer. Maybe. Oh, is he? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought I read that. No, he, believe it or not, uh, you would think he, well, I'm sure SNL gets a piece of this, um, but uh, apparently a lot of the breakout movies for the SNL characters are actually made and produced by Lorne Michaels. So yeah. like, his goal when he hires you on SNL is to make money off of you as a <laughs> as a movie yeah. star later, too. So he's, he's thinking... That's why he hires people looking at him thinking, can I carry a movie with this person also, not just SNL? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew he did a lot. I went and saw Night at the Roxbury in the theaters. <laughs> it was a double date. Uh, so, <laughs> Hold on, this is just so funny because this came up yesterday, and I don't know how often you talk about Night at the Roxbury, but um, I, I took my kids swimming over and over this weekend because my five-year-old's learning how to swim, and I got this horrible amount of... Uh, water in my, my left ear and uh, I came ho- I came woke up Monday and I was like deaf in my left ear and so I'm just like tilting my head and then shaking it really hard over and over and over for like 30 minutes trying to get the water out and I realized that my front blinds are open and everyone walked by walking by <laughs> <laughs> just look see this sh- silhouette of a dude who looks like the Knight of the Roxbury just, <laughs> just bumping his head to some music they can't hear oh my god it, it was so funny but uh, yeah that was That's my weekend um, this is interesting. So Barry Sonnenfeld's the one that he's directing this. From Men in Black? Uh, yeah, from Men in Black and Adam's <laughs> Family, Men in Black 2, and Wild Wild West. We won't mention those. Yeah, series directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, six episodes. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to give it a shot. I'm going to try it. There's too many people in it that, there's too many things in it I like. So I'm going to at least give yeah. it a shot. You know, it's something different. We're, we're always talking about just don't give us the same old stuff. And it might not be what we're looking for, but I like that it's different. So, I'm yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'll give it a shot just because, uh, yeah, I like literally everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it is something that is the opposite, just a rehash. Um, so Disney Plus did they they brought, they're bringing back I guess old IP, and so when they did the Mighty Ducks, but that went very well. I enjoyed that very much. I'll watch season two. Um, but the Mighty Ducks was a good the first. 
movie was really good. But now they're taking a movie that wasn't, Turner and Hooch, and they're going to make that into a TV series. Well, it was pretty beloved. It, I mean, it was pretty beloved when yeah. it came out. The I guess Tom so. Hanks one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was the kids' version of K-9. K-9 was my favorite. With Jim Belushi and the German Shepherd? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I liked that one better too. I remember the bad yeah. guy's name was Lyman. I don't know why that's what I remember, but the wow. bad guy's name was Lyman. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that was like a little more pg 13 you know, yeah. Uh, even at the time, and uh, even though it was kind of geared towards kids, but Turner and Hooch was like the PG version with Tom Hanks. Yeah, and and it was it it may not have been your favorite, <laughs> but it was it was literally they were making K nine for a younger audience. And yeah. So it totally makes sense to me that that's the one they want to use to to usher into these kids in Disney because if you or Disney Plus because <clears throat> look at what Disney's doing in the. Uh, theaters they're, they're taking everything that was animated over the last 30 years and instead of just reanimating it which would have been a weird way to do it <laughs> they're making it all live action so they have an excuse to bring all the old movies back to kids now and get more money out of them right and uh why not take everything every all the movies they made and make series out of them now uh that, that the kids are too you know that are 12 and under right now yeah. they never heard of they never heard of turner and Hooch. Yeah, I never heard of it. Like well, you and I have. Yeah, but, they, but my kid—he was dying laughing but, at the preview of it. But Turner so. and Hooch wasn't a kid version of K Nine. They both came out the same year. I think, <clears throat> I think it was one of those that, where Turner and Hooch was coming out, and they're like another studio quickly threw together another one that was very similar to Piggyback, which happened a lot back then. I mean, it still happens now, kind of. Yeah, it's just the comedy in K Nine was just a little. It, it was a little more adult. Yeah. Like, drinking and you yeah. know what i mean and that kind of thing and, and people getting shot whereas turner and hooch was more just i mean con- that, you know that one had people getting shot you what that one turner and hooch had someone getting shot yes yeah, so, yeah they did too but i, I don't know i just can i just i mean obviously it was pg-13 and turner and pg so yeah. obviously it was a little more adult yeah well um, i don't know there's a lot of tom hanks in his tidy well not tidy white tidy blackies i guess because he was more black underwear so it was yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, so that, it, this that was one, wacky comedy back then, Dave. That's true. You're, you're overestimating how good comedy was back then. No, <laughs> no, because well, maybe back then, but we saw for some reason we watched it the other like a couple months ago, and I was like, "Ooh, this is not a good movie." Oh um, no, no! So many movies from back then are not good movies. Yeah. If you rewatch them these days, and uh, the one that I. I want to go back and watch, but I'm scared to go back and watch is Dragnet because I love Oh, that, that was so good. Yeah. Oh, no. I may have seen it 150 times. With, <laughs> with, with the Virgin Connie Swales? With the Virgin Connie Swales, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I really want to go back and watch it. It's that. got I'm a 6.0 on IMDb. I, it's See, not, that's it, not good, Dan. I know, <laughs> I know. It's not a good movie. It wasn't a good movie, uh, but I, it was I enjoyable. It has a 9.9. I watched. I remember right. Watched it several several times. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not only that. I I think I I think it was when I saw my first boob as a kid. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was in the theater with my grandmother and aunt, and my grandmother, <laughs> visiting him in Miami. And my grandmother covers my eyes, freaking out, realizing what's happening, and my aunt is like a hilarious Cuban woman just moves her hand like no no let him watch <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have to find out sometime so this so the show brings back Reginald Bell Johnson which is always a good thing um, and it's got Josh Peck as Turner 
which he's great. I you know what? Did you ever see the movie The Wackness with him and Ben Kingsley? Yep. Super it. good movie. Like a really really good movie. It came out in two thousand eight, and I thought I was like, oh this. And I so I never I was too old for the I don't know if it was Nickelodeon or ABC Family, whatever, but Drake and Josh. And apparently my sister, she watched it. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's that kid. Um, he was funny and very well liked on there. I, I saw him on The Wackness, which was shortly after that, and I thought he was going to be, I was like, oh, this kid's, like, he's got chops. He was in Havoc for a little bit, I think. That was, a uh, boy, that's a weird movie. Uh, but, yeah, I always thought he was going to end up being a lot bigger than he was. But, hey, man, this is good money, so good for him. Yeah, he's he's been in very he can very consistently in things. Yeah, just not huge. And you and I really liked him as the uh, the new young owner on the Rebels, or not owner, but uh, GM for that, uh, which was a pilot for Amazon with Natalie Zay. Yes, where, uh, where yes, Zay yeah. The team. It's yeah, it's too bad Hurricane that didn't get Jesus. picked up. That was really good. Yeah, and what's funny is that they made a TV show called The Pitch later, which I thought was really great actually. Uh, with Kylie Bunbury and, and Mark Paul Gossler, which you can never complain about, and uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, he uh, he plays the same role, which is kind of funny. Uh, I mean, literally like the same role as the Rebels. They bring him in to be the world's youngest GM or something, uh, and uh, and he was really good at it. Uh, yeah. And I saw him in a few other movies where he's been good, but I think it all kind of plummeted for him when they made uh, I think Red Dawn. <clears throat> was supposed to be one of his big coming out big budget movies he and Chris Hemsworth and it was so bad they shelved it for like two years so uh, it didn't go well for him that's too bad <laughs> yeah that's too bad I like him uh, I hope I, I don't know that I will watch this I hope it does well though because I like Josh Peck I want him to get more stuff yeah yeah I, I really hope so yeah so I'll, I'll, yeah I'll give it a shot I think he's great and maybe this is a good role for him like just appearing appealing to kids because yeah, so far, like I said, the kids saw the trailer and they were just dying laughing. Like, that's the funniest thing they've ever seen. So, Well, it'll be good uh, for the kids. The kids can watch it. And then the adults <laughs> grew up with Drake uh, Drake and Josh. So they're like, oh, that guy. So, Oh, God, I didn't remember that. <laughs> he was in that. But, yeah, you're right. So I just I mean, told you how my sister said that he was in it. Yeah, like my, or, or, yeah I forgot what it's called, Drake and Josh. Uh, uh, Mighty Ducks, like you said, same thing. Yeah, It's not like it was that. I wouldn't tell adults to go watch Mighty Ducks, but watching it with my kid. Like, oh, I, I told adults to watch it, and they the ones that I told <laughs> and watched it enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just yeah, it was really good, and I could see this being the same way. Just just really you know some funny, but definitely definitely geared towards kids. There's yeah. no mistake of that. Yeah. Almost definitely. All right, well that wraps up everything we have for coming attractions. So we will be back on Friday with the news. All right, see you then. Thank you.